Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, we're going to ask the question, is your faith panic-based? We're going to ask this question, is your wisdom panic-based? This is important. That's next on Fig Tree Watchers, so stay tuned. And uh, thank you all for joining uh, tonight uh, here as we go through 1 Samuel 23. It's going to be a great night tonight. And uh, it's always, as always... It's always about Jesus. And that's all that matters. So join us tonight. Invite your friends. Uh, It's going to be a great night as we get into God's Word and we focus on what is important. Look, there are so many things that are going on in the world. And you have two choices. You can allow fear and panic to drive you. Or you can seek the wisdom of God. And you can allow God's wisdom, God's love, God's purity, God's sound mind, the scriptures to guide you in all things through the Holy Spirit. Because remember what the Holy Spirit does. He guides you to all truth. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 16. He comes to guide us to all truth. There's that word all. You either believe the Bible or you don't. So I'm praying that you do. I'm praying that you put your trust in Jesus and you focus on what the Lord is telling you through the scriptures. Anybody, and I mean anybody, can put aside the scriptures and create a theology on one verse, twisting what it means and what it says. But you look, got to look at the congruency of the text and allow God to guide you to all truth by examining the scriptures, by testing what people say back to the scriptures. Look, I'm, I'm a flawed individual, a sinner saved by grace. But I encourage you to test everything I say according to the scriptures. Don't just sit there and go, well, I'm, I'm going to trust you know, Stefan, because he's a godly man. No. Test me against the scriptures. And please, correct me in love if I mess up. If I don't do what's right, call me on it. But correct me in the scriptures with love and gentleness and with brotherly kindness. Because that's what we're supposed to do. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope you're having a great week. And you remember that Jesus is the only way. The only way. Hey, we're back in 1 Samuel. We're going to look at chapter 23 tonight. And uh, I pray that you uh, have your Bibles with you as always, because we're going to be going through a lot of scripture tonight. Uh, You thought last week is bad. Um, I hope you got your pens and your markers and your notes out, because tonight... We're going to be running the gambit of scriptures all night long. And so uh, um, I I hope you're ready for it. I really do. Um, We got a lot of things to uh, um, go over tonight, and uh, uh, it's going to be a good one. Before we do, quick announcement. I want to remind everyone that on Thursday at 9 o'clock, we're doing Friday Night Prophecy on Thursday. IO has a pre-commitment and uh, 
So we're moving everything up on the schedule. So Wednesday, we'll, I will be doing a Wednesday Bible study this week, which we normally don't do. And it will be Thursday's Topical Thursday. It's going to be kind of a fun study. You guys are going to like it. You're going to learn a lot of things about the way I study God's Word, how I listen to Christian music. We're just going to kind of have some fun, go over some really cool things. And uh, I think you're going to like it. Um, and and it will just it will help you strengthen your walk with the Lord. That's the, the goal here, right? Every time. Well, let's let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 23, and before we do, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, God, and we ask you to guide us through the scripture tonight. Lord, it is with heavy heart that we come to you because we see and we hear what the world is doing, and we're tormented by it in our soul. And we cry out, Abba, Father, Lord, help us, because we are oppressed it seems on every side, but we know that you are with us, God, and we cry out to you for help that we may endure to the end, withstand the wicked schemes of the devil, and stand in the glory of being justified by the blood of Jesus Christ who has washed our sins away. Our faith is in you, O God, and nothing else. It's by your grace, O God, that we are saved through faith, this not on our own, not by works, so that no man can boast. So, God, we don't boast in ourselves, we boast in you. We proudly boast, Father God, in what you have accomplished in all things. May your name be praised and glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, I am so excited to be here tonight. We get to go through... Um, First Samuel 23. So get ready. Uh, I, I've got a nice announcement to pass on to you. I will be honest. Um, I don't like posting my notes up. The reason being is I'm dyslexic. I'm ADD. My notes often don't make sense to anyone but me, right? But uh, so you can look a little bit into how I do notes uh, because there's been a lot of requests out there. Tonight on Telegram, uh, and I'll post it on the podcast form, but you can go to Telegram and you can check out the notes. If you don't have Telegram, that's okay. You can go to figtreewatchers.com. You can check out the notes right there for this study tonight. Um, so if you want to go back and, and I have all the verses in there and everything, I, I, I did it really nicely. Um, it took me a little bit extra time um, because it takes me a lot of time to do these studies. But um, because I'm really getting in advance... Um, and really prepping out a lot in advance. Um, you might see me do this a few more times, um, especially with the Zachariah series that we're going to be doing. So, because I've really been preparing for Zachariah for about the last year to, to let you know that. Um, and uh, I, I want you to understand it. That's going to be a pretty deep, deep series. And uh, get ready for it. Hey, let's get into God's Word and Let's find out what God has to say to us tonight, all right? Starting in verse 1 of chapter 23 of 1 Samuel, we're doing the whole chapter tonight. Then they told David, saying, look at the Philistines uh, are fighting against Keliah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keliah. But David's men said to him, look, we are afraid 
here in Judah, how much more than if we go to Kaliah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kaliah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Kaliah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kaliah. Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Amalek, fled to David at Kaliah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kaliah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Kaliah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kaliah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Kaliah deliver me into his hand? When Saul come down as your servant has heard, or Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell you, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. And then David said, will the men of Kaliah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Kaliah and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Kaliah, so he halted the expedition. And David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hands. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David hiding with us in the strongholds in the woods in the hills of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jehimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed are you, of the Lord, for your compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him. Therefore, for I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you, and it shall be, if he is in the land, that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. So they arose and went to Ziphah before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain of the south of Jeshimon. And when Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore he went to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon, then Saul went 
on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come to the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds of En Gedi. All right, may the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. Tonight's topic is, is your wisdom panic-based? Is your wisdom panic-based? Look, we've been talking a lot, especially last week, we really focused on it. The idea from Second Peter, where Peter's writing about Lot, and he says that Lot's, uh, Lot was oppressed, and his soul was tormented day to day by what he saw and what he heard. He was oppressed by wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, but God was righteous to rescue him out of it. Now, it's interesting because here we're looking at a situation. And for those of you who haven't been following us here in 1 Samuel, um, quick review. Uh, David is this great hero of Israel. He's the one who defeated Goliath. He did it under King Saul. Saul was anointed by God, but then Saul began to sin against God and betray God and do wicked things in the eyes of God. And so therefore God said, you know what? I'm going to take your kingdom away. I'm going to appoint it to David, a man after my own heart. And so Saul decided to hunt David. Now we got a problem because Saul's son, Jonathan, is David's best friend and Jonathan's a man of God. And he's caught in the middle between his wicked father and the friend he loves and here's the crazy thing. He naturally doesn't want the throne. He, he wants it to go to David because he realizes an important fact that David is God's anointed. And Jonathan cares more about his friendship with, with David and the people of Israel and his love for God than he cares about a throne. He's thrown it all away. What a, what a great guy Jonathan is. You love him. You really do. You love Jonathan. You just wish he had survived. And you would have loved to have seen what Jonathan would have become. But he gets killed later on. And I don't want to ruin everything for you if you have never read your Bible. But he does. And so you love Jonathan. You love the character of Jonathan. Well, here it is again. David's on the run from Saul. And as we begin in chapter 23, there's another crisis. There is a group, a city in Israel that is under siege by the enemies of God, the Philistines. Now... David's now dealing with the oppression that he's facing from a wicked king who's trying to kill him. And now he's got to convince his men, hey, we got to go save the people of Kaliah. We've got to go rescue them. And they're just freaking out. So let's break this down verse by verse. And we're going to get really into this tonight. So starting in verse one, breaking this down, then they told David saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Goliath and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Goliath. Look, when we hear bad news, when we are oppressed on every side, is our first reaction as humans to panic? To have fear? Is it? Of course it is. It's what we do as sinful beings. Look, you don't believe me? 
Let me ask you a question. How many of you know that churches closed at the beginning of the pandemic? Even though the Bible makes it very clear that you're not to forsake the assembly of one another together, as is the custom of some, right? It's forbidden in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. We're to assemble together to encourage one another in love and good works. We're to figure out how to get along with each other. We learn how to love by going to church. We love people that generally we wouldn't hang out with. And by that, we become a light to the world. We learn how to love. But we all panicked. And every church closed down across the country. A few exceptions. Church I go to right now, it closed down for a couple of weeks. And then it was like, no, that's not happening anymore. Pastor Jack Hibbs realized that he had been duped. And I understand that. It, it, it seemed to be very common sense in the first couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden we started getting truth out. And we're like, wait a moment. This is not a biblical thing. And so I just want to say this. This is so important to you. We tend to always panic and be afraid. We tend to. And so in this passage, we're going to learn to turn our panic into peace through seeking of wisdom and trusting God to deliver us. This is what we're going to learn tonight from this passage. Imagine this scenario today. Russia is attacking the Ukrainians. They're robbing the fields of oil and wealth. And many today, they want war or are calling us to stay out of it. People are seeking the wisdom of Biden and some are seeking the wisdom of Trump. For the believer, we're to behave differently. It's a different scenario. And why am I bringing that? Because this scenario, what's happening with David is, look, the Philistines are fighting against Goliath. David's not a king. He's not even in charge of anything. He's just got his 600 men that are with him. And they're, they're giving him bad news. Meanwhile, the king, Saul, he's trying to kill David. He's not worrying about the Philistines are attacking his own countrymen. Doesn't that sound familiar today? Like, we're worrying about everything else but taking care of the people in this own country. And so, for the believer, we are to behave differently than the world does in that situation. We're to look at it differently. So the first thing that we can learn from this passage of Scripture is, don't panic. David didn't panic. Okay, he got the bad news and he didn't go around with his head cut off. He didn't scream, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? He didn't uh, sidestep the issue and go into another direction and say, you know what? It's China's fault. Okay, or you know what? This is so-and-so's fault. This is Saul's fault. Let's Saul deal with it. No, he didn't. He didn't panic. And this is a good thing. Proverbs 12, 25, here's the scriptures. You're going to need to run a bunch of them down. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And here's another one for you. This is Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Don't be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So David understood that. He didn't panic. Well, what's the next thing that David does? David does something very important. He goes and he inquires of God. Look, if any of you lacks wisdom, James tells us, all right, you should go and ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Here's the important thing. We can go to God. We can seek the wisdom of God and we don't have to worry about it. It's so important 
because God is going to grant us that wisdom and without ever finding any fault in us. He wants to grant us wisdom. And so that's what David does. He goes and he asks God for wisdom. What do I do? What do you want me to do? By the way, notice how specific David is. He doesn't just go, God, what's up? What do you want me to do? You know, what, what what's going on here? You know, he doesn't pray for the people of um, Kaliah. He says, God, what do you want me to do? Listen to those words from that, from it. He inquires of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack the Philistines? He's being specific. He's telling God, God, is this what you want me to do? Now, it's important because he inquires of God what to do. And so uh, we learned this out out last week from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, I'm putting that word human in there, okay? All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So number one, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. David goes to God right away. And then we learn this from David. David tells us in this passage, this story, to trust in God do what he says. That's the third thing that we're going to learn from this passage. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us, this is from, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm quoting a verse here, Jeremiah 42, 3 through 5, okay? And this is important. This is the people of Israel, and they're crying out to the prophet, pray that the Lord your God will tell us the way we should walk and the things we should do I have heard you, replied Jeremiah the prophet. I will surely pray to the Lord your God as you request, and I will tell you everything that the Lord answers. I will not withhold a word from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be true and a faithful witness against us if we do not act upon every word that the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Now this is interesting. In, in Jeremiah, the people of Israel are going to the prophet of God. Why? Because they've been very disobedient in Jeremiah's time. But David understands something very important. David can go directly to God. All right? The blessing that we understand is that we can go directly to God just as David did. The question is, are you going directly to God for the source of your wisdom and for your needs? Often, we pawn that off onto someone that we know is more spiritual. I, I will tell you, I will confess to you when I was younger, I would go to my mom and dad and say, I need you to pray for this. And they're like, are you praying? And I'm like, well, mom, God doesn't really answer me. I, I would tell them that when I was younger, right? Because mom and dad prayed, God answered every time, right? It might be delayed a little bit, but there was an answer. It was like a, a miracle machine every time they got on their knees, okay? I would see answers come into play. And... It makes me laugh because that's exactly what the people of Israel did. But we can go directly to God. The second thing that we learn um, from David and how he trusts in God and does what he says is we learn this from Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Oh, wait, what do you do? You ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Wow. That kind of goes with James. God gives generously to all without finding fault. Wisdom, right? So go and ask God. You can believe him because Jesus said you can go and ask him. Because God is righteous and holy. You can go to him. You can believe. Now, if, as we get back to the passage here in 1 Samuel 23, starting in verse 3, it then says, but David's men said to him, look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Kaliah against the armies of the Philistine? So David inquires of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him, said, arise, go down to Kaliah. I will deliver the Philistines in your hand. And David and his men went to Kaliah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kaliah. All right, here's the next thing that we need to know. And this is so important. There are people around you who will install fear in your life. There are people around you who will install fear in your life. When that happens, go back to God. Always go back to God. Look, fear produces hate. Fear produces anger, right? It does all those things. We know that. So here's the, here's the question I have for you. When the world tells you that they are afraid, does their fear influence you? Think about the last two years that we've just come out of. The whole world's been frightened out of their mind. Has their fear influenced you into bad decision making? Has it? Has it? Think about it. And here's the, the next thing. Here's a statement for you, actually. I'm going to tell you this. The fear of the world is slavery. I want you to understand this. This is probably the most important statement I can make to you tonight. The fear of the world is slavery. It puts chains on you. It puts you in bondage. It controls you. It manipulates you into believing lies. Don't think so. Look around you. Open your eyes to the wisdom of God and see that fear is the mind blower. Here, Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You see, when we were in the flesh, before we came to Jesus Christ, for those of us who are believers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, we, have, we are no longer in slavery. We are adopted as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We can go to God directly and cry out to him. And the scripture tells us that those who cry out to me, I hear. And that's from the Lord. So, we don't need to fall back into fear because fear is slavery. As I mentioned, fear produces hate, anger, and enslaves us 
not to think rationally. Look, this is what the men of, of David were. They're like, we're afraid. We're afraid. What do we do? Are we going to go to Kaliah against the armies of the Philistines? Look, they're with David who defeated Goliath and killed his 10,000s. Remember, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his 10,000s. And these 600 men, they're with David and they're like, we're afraid. Wait, let me get this straight. You're not afraid of Saul, but you're afraid of the Philistines who you've defeated already. And this is what we do. We think irrationally. The children of God are called to live by faith and to love God and to love others. This is so important that we understand. We live by faith, not by fear. And we live that faith out with love, love of God and love of others. Because love, it conquers all fear. It does. First John 4.18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. You thought I was making that up, didn't you? No, it's scripture. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Have you been perfected in the love of God in your life? Because if you're living in fear, there's something wrong. There's something seriously wrong. If you're walking around with a mask on right now, there's something wrong. If you're walking around thinking, I got to go get the next booster shot, booster shot number 486, there's something wrong. You've been enslaved and conditioned and manipulated. If you're worried about where your next paycheck is going to come, there's something wrong. If you're living in fear of nuclear bombs, there's something wrong. Heck, I'm in California. I'm right. I'm going to be in the very first nuke that hits. Promise you. I'm not afraid because I know where I'm going if I die. So therefore, I choose to love. Love God and love others. Satan provokes us with fear. Satan completely pushes us beyond our limits with fear. He provokes us with fear. But God establishes us with his truth and with his love. For God so loved us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The spirit of God, he brings upon us that he guides us to all truth and wisdom. Right? God gives us, establishes us with his truth and his love through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of, and of love and a sound mind. The power, because God answers our prayer miraculously and supernaturally. And of love, because God loves us so much that he pours through the Holy Spirit love into those who believe. It is the fruit of the Spirit. And of sound mind, because God gave us his word so that we can look into the word and see that God's word is true and God is faithful. And we can trust God for that. That's what God does. Now, David, he's awesome, man. In this passage right here, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He moves past fear and the oppression of, the, of Saul and everything else around him, even the fear mongers who are among him. He moves past that fear and oppression to defeat the enemies of God because he believed that God is faithful. Look, they brought up his fear. He went right back to God. 
In fact, that's what we should be doing. When people around us bring up fear, we should go right back to God. Okay, God, you told me, take out the Philistines. Is that what you want me to do? And God will confirm the answer with you. He'll confirm it. He's not going to get mad. I told you to do that. Go do it. Arise now and go defeat them. Arise now. I love that. Go and defeat them. Matthew 10, um, I'm sorry, Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Where does your help come from? It comes from God. It comes from God. He's the one who's going to help us. Man, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm really preaching to myself tonight. I'm sure if my wife is upstairs right now, she's chuckling big time because she would probably tell you she's told me this a million times. I am really preaching to myself tonight. I will tell you that. So I hope you're enjoying me preaching to me tonight. All right. David knew not to fear his enemies or what they could do. Why? Why did he know this? Well, it's what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is this verse telling us? That David knew his eternal perspective. He understood where he was going. He understood that God was with him and that God, as he wrote in Psalm 51, is he asked God to restore the joy of his salvation. His salvation was in the future looking forward to the cross that the Messiah was coming to save and redeem him. He looked forward to the cross for his salvation because he believed God. And what does that account him? Righteous. God made him righteous because of that. And so in that same manner, we have to have an eternal perspective. We have to understand this body is just a shell. It is granted to us by God, but our soul, our spirit goes with the Lord, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That leads me to the next point. David had an eternal perspective. Do you? Do you have an eternal perspective? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you are going if you were to die tonight in a nuclear blast? You should. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Now, this isn't talking about fear as being afraid. It's talking about respect and honor of God. It's a deep, burning, honoring and, and respect of God. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Why? Because it leads to life. Knowing Jesus Christ as your savior leads to life. And anything that can be done to the body is irrelevant. So listen to me, my brothers and sisters. This is so important. God not only provides us with eternal life, but he also is our justice system. When the justice system around us here on earth is corrupt and the kings are all greedy and full of corruption, the, the judges have betrayed the law and truth, God is still our justice. So not only do we have the hope in eternal life, but we also have our hope that God is going to be just and install justice on those who are wicked, right? Romans 1 verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven for all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God is coming on them. Now, this is important to understand also. Isaiah 35, 4. 
Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. He's going to save you for eternal life, but he's also going to come with vengeance against those who are wicked. That gives us so much peace and, and, and comfort in knowing that God is not only our salvation, but he's also our justice. And he does this because he loves us. Let us look now at the rest of this passage in real time, because I want to kind of break this now into a second body, if you don't mind, of where we're going with this, because I want you to understand so clearly the hope that God gives us. So we're going to look at Psalm 91 and we're going to reflect on Psalm 91 as we're going through the rest of this here as I'm almost halfway through. Starting in verse six here in, in 1 Samuel 23, um, I'm going to go back and forth, so I'll, I'll guide you on this. Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Amalek, fled to David at Kaliah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Kaliah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand. For he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Kaliah to besiege David and his men. Now, this is crazy because Saul is thinking, I got him trapped. I got him trapped. But if God is for us, who can be against us? No one. No one. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. So don't be afraid, right? Saul thinks, I've got them trapped. Satan always thinks, I've got them trapped. I've trapped them by their sin. I've trapped them in by their bondage. I've trapped them in this. And God is going, no, I'm going to break the bondages. I'm going to break the gates open. I'm going to rescue my people who love me. Because God is faithful. Remember when we went through First uh, Thessalonians, the last chapter, God is faithful and he will do it. We have to trust in the faithfulness of God. David did and he understood it. And now let's look at Psalm 91. We're going to look at the first two verses. He will dwell in the shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Instead of trusting in the fortress of a city, instead of trusting in the military might of the United States, Let's trust in God to be our refuge and our fortress because we dwell not in the shelter of America. We dwell in the shelter of the Most High. We abide in the shadow of the Almighty because he puts his wings around us and comforts us. Going back to Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel 23. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, bring Ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God to Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kaliah to destroy the city of my sake. Will the men of Kaliah deliver me into the hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. Here once again, David hears bad news and immediately he goes back to the Lord. He doesn't go, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go run. I gotta work this out. I gotta de-stress myself. I gotta panic. No, he goes right back to prayer. He goes right back to God and he asks God specifically deep questions. He tells God, I have heard that Saul has come to Goliath to destroy the city. So listen, 
First, he's not bringing up his own concerns. He's like, I've heard they're coming to do the city. Remember, this is the guy, Saul, who killed all the priests because a priest gave bread to, to David. And he kills all of them, 85 of them, right? And only the one guy remains, Abathar, who goes to David because now he's fleeing for his life. So David knows that Saul is ruthless and they're going to kill people. Remember, and then he, after he killed the priest, he went into the town where the priests were from and he killed every man, woman, child, and animal. That's how evil Saul was. So not only has David just rescued Kaliah, but now he's dealing with the oppression of Saul coming to him to kill the people of Kaliah and himself and Abathar, who he promised to protect. So he says, God, I've heard this. Are they coming to the city for my sake? Will the men of Kaliah deliver me? Now he's going, will they betray me? Will, will the people of Kaliah betray me? Will they deliver me into Saul's hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. So he's going, God, give me godly wisdom. Let me know what it is. And you think, as we're reading 1 Samuel 23, I, I'm thinking of Psalms 23. Right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me. Right? And we just keep thinking about that. There's that song, He leadeth me, right? He leadeth me, right? And it's it's there. The Lord is our shepherd. He is going to guide us. He is going to protect us from all of our enemies. We don't need to be afraid. Do not fear. 365 times in the scripture, the phrase appears, do not be afraid. Do not fear. David is going to God. You need to go to God. Look how many times David's prayed. Three times in this passage. In Psalm 20, in, in 1 Samuel 23, he's prayed three times. He prayed at the beginning. He prayed when his soldiers told him they were afraid. And now he's heard bad news and he's praying again. This is a man of prayer. Are you men and women of prayer? That's the question I need to ask you. Are you men and women of prayer? Where you go, when you hear bad circumstances, you go to your knees in prayer. Because that's what David does. Do you pray like David? Let's read Psalm 91, because this is going to correlate. You're going to see this. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, right? We just said God's wings. He will, under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. I love that, that last part, the arrow that flies by day, you know? Because Satan, he throws his darts at us, right? The scripture tells us. He seeks whom he may devour, right? He's constantly coming after us. We have an enemy who hates us. And then he says in verse um, 6, Nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. We don't have to be afraid. Because God is going to cover us in his wings. God is going to protect us. Now, God answers, going back to 1 Samuel 23, starting in verse um, 12. He answers David. God answered And the Lord said, he will come down. So God tells him, he's coming for you. All right? Then David said to God, he answers back to God. I love this. It's a conversation with the Lord. Okay, Lord, thank you for telling me that. Now David said, will the men of Kaliah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So God gives him two specific answers to his prayer. Do you have conversations with God like this? Are you praying in a conversation mode with the Lord? So David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Kaliah 
and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Goliath, so he halted the expedition. I have a question for you. When God tells you what he's going to do, do you actually listen and do it? When God tells you what he's going to do, do you actually listen and do it? We have Bible prophecy here and nobody pays attention to it. How do I know? Because churches closed their doors in the last two years. Do not forsake the assembly of one another together. In Hebrews 10, it tells us, but we did. Every church across the country shut their doors. We all had these things. And then some of them were like, well, you can't even come to church if you don't get vaccinated. How evil was that? You think God ordained that? That wasn't from God. That was from Satan. But we were deceived. We believed the lie over the truth because we were afraid. David is having a conversation and he's not afraid. He's asking God. God tells him the answer. He doesn't panic. What am I going to do? No, he gets up and he obeys God and he does it. Do you obey God when he tells you what to do? Are you obeying his scripture? Or are you practicing iniquity? Are you living in fear? Now let's correlate this back to Psalm 91. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, meaning you will watch the wicked get punished. Look, we're crying out, God, we gotta, we gotta see you act. Lord, we need your help. And God is helping us in this time. He's helping us. And by the way, one of the great things that happened here is two things. Abathar came to David to encourage David. God brought someone who had also been facing oppression that watched everyone he loved killed, came to David to encourage David and stand with David and pray with David. You will look and you will see with your eyes, you will see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Why? Because we're eternally secure in Jesus Christ. We're eternally secure. And we need to put our faith in that. Verse 4, going back to 1 Samuel 23. And David stayed in the stronghold in the wilderness and remained in the mountains of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. And David saw, saw, just like the verse said, saw that Saul had come to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. He saw, but he also saw that God was answering his prayer. And, and Saul never got a hold of David. He didn't. Because God let him see the victory. I want you to see this. Now, this is interesting because David stayed in the stronghold in the wilderness. What was the true stronghold that David was staying in? It was God. God was his stronghold. God was his stronghold. I want you to understand that. God needs to be our stronghold. In the wilderness, when we're in the desert of our life, God has established a stronghold that we can reside in. That is awesome. Going back to Psalm 91, verse 11. For he has commanded his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hand, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now, this is interesting. This is actually a, a great verse that we can apply as Christians to our lives, but it's also a prophecy to Jesus. In fact, um, Satan tried to use this verse against Jesus. 
um, at his temptation when Satan tempted Jesus in the desert. So this is a great verse on, on several angles. Uh, verse 13 you will of Psalm 91, you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. I love this verse because this is a, a prophecy of the fulfillment in which God tells Adam and Eve, right? And the serpent, um, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head, right? The serpent, you will trample underfoot. In Romans chapter 16, the God of peace may soon crush Satan beneath your feet, the serpent. It's a promise. It's a commitment that we have there. I'm going to run out of time. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> So then um, in verse 16, Jonathan um, comes. He, he, he's going to join. I'm going to paraphrase a little badly here for you all. He comes. He tells David. He makes a commitment and a covenant with David again. And one of the things he tells him is, Do not fear the hand of Saul, my father. He shall not find you. He commits what the Lord has said to him already. We all need encouraging people. So what David gets is he surrounds himself with encouraging people. Jonathan comes and says, don't be afraid. Look, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are telling you, be afraid, you got a problem. You need to surround yourself with men and women of God who tell you, don't be afraid. The hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. They need to reinstate to you, restate to you what the scripture already says. And that's a beautiful thing. And so David stayed in the woods and Jonathan went back to his father. What a great friend. And David, in verse 19, he kept on hiding in the strongholds, in the woods, in the hills of Hiliak, which is in the south of Jehemon. He stays there and he hides there because he's hiding in the Lord, not out of fear, but in the Lord, because God has told him, you're going to be king. David believes in the promises, but he's resting in the Lord at this time. Now, Saul gets word that he's there, and so he arose and went to Ziphah before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain of the south of Jehimon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. So now he moves. God, he moves him. Why? Because he already knows and anticipates where everything is going because God is giving him the answers, right? God is telling him, hey, he's coming. So men come and tell David, David, he's coming. Okay, let's move. Because God has given him godly wisdom. He's moving when he gets the information that the Lord is providing. You need to trust God and do the same thing. You need to take a step of faith and then say, okay, Lord, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Now Saul, he pursued David into the wilderness of Mon, and then Saul went on the side of the mountain and David and his men were on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. Psalm 91, we're going to go back to verse 14. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. David knew who God was. David knew that the Lord was his salvation. David believed in the Lord for his salvation. Understand that, do you? Verse 16, uh, 15. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. When you call on the Lord, as David did, the Lord is saying, I will answer him. 
I will be with him in his trouble and I will rescue him and honor him. That's a promise from God. Write that verse down, Psalm 91 verse 15. Put it in your Bible and, and bank on it. You can take it to the bank. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. In the end, a messenger comes to Saul and says, Hurry, come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Now Saul's being distracted by the Philistines. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. I got another name for it, the Rock of Salvation, right? Because Jesus said, I am the rock. Upon this rock, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That Rock of Escape is Jesus. By the way, very, very important in your eschatology study. God loves to make a way of escape. It's what he does for his people who believe in him. The rock of escape. Jesus is our rock of escape in the rapture. Don't you doubt it for a minute. Then David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds of Engedi. So now David goes to another stronghold of dwelling within the presence of the Lord. So my question is, who is your rock? With whom do you place your faith? Are you going to live in fear or are you going to trust in the Lord? Do you live in panic or do you live in wisdom of God? Do you live in the love of God and what he does for you because you love him and you love others and you're obedient to your faith in Christ? Is your hope in the salvation of Jesus or is it in works or is it in your own philosophy or is it in your man-made technology? Or philosophies? If that's the case, you need to turn from those things and turn back to the Lord. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and say, I will not be afraid. I will stand firm in the faith and I will pray like David prayed. I will be specific in my prayer and I will trust in God for everything because he is my rock of escape. Sorry, this was a long one. I told you a bunch of verses here tonight. I hope you enjoyed this because I wanted to encourage you not to be afraid in these times. Fear is the mind blower. It, it causes you to hate, to become angry, to become resentful. And I am begging you to believe that God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind through the word of God. Love because he loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He's your rock of escape. And power because you can trust that God can do all things for those who believe on him. He can do all things. So put your trust in God. If you want to see my notes, uh, like I said, they are on um, Telegram. And you can go to figtreewatchers.com and you can pull the PDF there um, and save it. But I, I just wanted to tell you that I love you all very much. Now is the time to rise and shine and stand firm in our faith. To pray as David prayed and to give thanks that the Lord is with us. Give thanks for he is God. Good night, everyone. See you tomorrow night. Same time. Uh, here on uh, Fig Tree Watchers here on Instagram at 10 o'clock. And then Thursday night, 9 o'clock, a special edition uh, for Friday Night Prophecy. God bless you all and uh, take care.